0: So this morning, I'm very happy to say we are in Acts chapter 3, which is very exciting. We've gotten to all the formative stuff in in the book of Acts, where the church began. Last week, we talked about the marks of a healthy Christian community, and how we're trying as a church to live into what the Bible's vision is for church. And the sermon is called, What Was the Point? Which seems uh, a little bit snotty, but it's a good question to ask. What was the point? of this of this or that thing. Get, let's get to the heart of the matter. What is the point? And I'm so happy that I get to start with the Jesus story. I'm starting actually in Mark 2, 1 to 12. This is a story from Jesus' ministry. And one of the things that's so striking about Jesus' ministry is it was such a relational ministry. He looked at people. He looked them in the eyes. and He shared God's word with them. He knew things about people, being God. He had that deep connection. It wasn't like this blanket uh, experience. He looked at people. He knew people. And when people encountered Jesus, they experienced that. And it was very, very interesting. And this story is no different. So this is Mark 2, 1-12. to 12. A few days later... When Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. How would you like that? Someone can't get into your house, they make a hole in your roof. I'm sure that was not... (laughs) I really, I mean, I often think to myself, I wonder if they stayed behind to help fix the roof when they left, you know? Or did Jesus just, it's fixed? Because he was God. He can do things like that. So they dug a hole through this roof. They lowered this man, who was, you know, obviously helpless to, to move himself. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I think the man didn't really see that coming. He was hoping for a physical touch. His friends were hoping for a physical touch. And Jesus, seeing this man lower, I think it touched Jesus very much. Uh, he saw these men who were this man's friends. Uh, and Jesus was moved with compassion in his heart, as he often was. You know what it says when, in the Bible when it says Jesus was moved with compassion before he, before he does a miracle, before he does a ministry? You know what that means? The, the, the word means his gut, like, twisted. You know, like when you hear bad news and you're cut to the heart. You hear about someone passing away that you loved or you, you just hear, hear, uh, hear something that, that gets right to you and makes you all of a sudden very vulnerable and very soft-hearted. Um, Jesus, Jesus when, he, when he looked at people, he had that deep connection with them. And he, his heart, he was cut to the heart for people in his gut. So he saw these, these folks uh, lowering this man, and he says, son, your sins are forgiven, which is a pretty awesome thing to hear, I'm sure, but not what was expected. Jesus knew he had an audience. He had some teachers of the law, and he knew that you know, he kind of wanted to make a point as he was uh, doing this miracle. And some of those teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's a good question. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It's not a bad question. But Jesus was God, and so he could forgive sins. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit, he knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Can you imagine that? <laughs> you have a private conversation with someone behind closed doors, like, oh, this person, you know, did this, and I'm just so irritated. And then you walk out, you're, you're at the supermarket, you smile, like, hey, good to see you. The person's like, why would you say that about me? I'm like, how do they know? <laughs> uh, well, Jesus knew in his spirit what these people were saying. And so they were kind of uh, probably pretty shocked by that. Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, said Jesus, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. And Jesus is being kind of funny, because your sins are forgiven is an easy thing to say, but the other part's a three-part thing. Get up, take your mat, and walk. So he's being kind of funny with them. But he wants to make a point. I want you to know, he said, that the Son of Man, which is a name for Jesus, a name for God, taken from the Old Testament, and they would have known he was referring to himself this way has authority on earth to forgive sins, so that you might know. He said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. And this amazed everyone so much that they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I mean, what would you have said? <laughs> That's a... Uh, they had never seen anything like this. You know, usually when someone is, is paralyzed, um, they can't walk. You know, he's probably paralyzed from birth. The muscles, the tendons, everything, it would have required physical therapy and all kinds of hours of of work to get to a place where he could walk. But this man stood up, picked up his mat. I mean, he was paralyzed and went home. People had never seen anything like this. It's no wonder that Jesus drew such crowds. It was a it was not just standing room only. There was no standing room. There was only lowering room. It was lowering room only. You can lower your friends through the roof, right? That's a Jesus story. I love Jesus stories. Jesus is the best. Jesus is amazing, um, especially if you read the book of Luke. And I encourage you, if you are looking for something to ignite your, your faith and to connect you relationally to Jesus, look at the book of Luke and look at the way he interacts with people, the stories he tells, the things he says. It's, it's very touching. And this brings us into uh, our our passage for today, which is Acts 3, 1 to 11. This is a story about Peter and John. But what I want to say to you today is this is really just another Jesus story, which is quite amazing. I, I really felt that God wanted me to show you these two passages together to show you that the work that the Holy Spirit does through the church is what Jesus did and also how Jesus did it. It's Jesus' ministry in continuance. So, if you look at this passage, you'll see some parallels with what we, what we just read about Jesus and the paralyzed man. It says this: One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, this was uh, the temple. So, it's this is a temple, the same temple Jesus would have gone to to worship, the same temple that they had gone to, you know week after week after week after week for prayer and for services. So this was a common place they'd been many times. At three in the afternoon, they came for prayer. And it says, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So this man was known by everybody as someone who was crippled from birth. He can't walk. And so his friends would carry him to this to this gate. And he would sit there. And I, I think that... Uh, Peter and John would have recognized him. They'd seen him before. They'd been to the temple. Uh, In fact, it's possible that Jesus had walked by this man. It's possible. Uh, He's someone that's known and who is always at this one spot. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Now, this is not... this, This would have been something different. Usually, when... You know, many folks that pass homeless people on the streets, there's a lack of eye contact happening. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's what happens. There's a lack of that person-to-person human contact that characterized Jesus' ministry. But these men did something unusual. They looked at him. They looked hard at him. And he looked hard at them. They saw each other. I think that's something that's really, really important in this passage. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said... Look at us. So this man, I don't know what his tone was when he said this, but this man was was trying to avoid eye contact. They're looking straight at him, and he says, Look at us. So here we have this, this beautiful contact, and the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. at what had happened to him. Another incredible story. And very similar to that story about Jesus. And the question I have looking at these two stories is, what was the point of Jesus sending his spirit to indwell us? What was the point? What do you think the point was after looking at these two stories? Anyone? Anyone? to do what Jesus did. That's right. That was the point. And the Bible teaches that very thing. In Acts 1, 1 to 2, we talked about this in the beginning of our series. Luke says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And what we talked about in the beginning is These are the things that Jesus began to do and teach before he was taken into heaven. And so what this is saying is, Jesus' ministry, everything written in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, was the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and everything that's happened in the church who is filled with Jesus' spirit is the rest of his ministry. The last 2,000 years is uh, the church doing and teaching the works of Christ with his spirit within them. That's an amazing statement. You, you, you gloss right over that in Bible study sometimes. But it's, it's saying a lot. It's saying, these are the things Jesus began to do. They're written in the Bible. And Jesus is continuing to do those things, is what's implied. As if that weren't enough, in John sixteen seven, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which is another word for the Spirit, Will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him for you. So Jesus is saying, It's better for you that I leave because I'm going to send the Spirit. And then, as a clincher to this whole thing, in John 14, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. All of this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. It's an amazing statement. He says, you will do greater things than me. Well, we've seen Jesus do some pretty amazing things, including in this passage we read today. So what's he talking about? How can we do better than raising the dead when Jesus raised Lazarus? Well, the answer is, we can do greater things than Jesus because there's more of us. Jesus was confined to one body in one geographical location. Twelve disciples and perhaps some other fringe followers. He traveled from town to town. He was limited in his physical movement, just like you and me. It says in Philippians uh, that Jesus emptied himself when he was incarnated on that day of Christmas. He emptied himself. He limited himself by coming into human form, taking, being found in, in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself, and he walked as we walk. He grew up as we have grown up. He experienced everything that we experience, including sorrow, joy, pain. He was, in fact, tempted in every way that we are, but was without sin. You know, God wrapped humanity around himself and walked our ground. He was limited by time and space, just like we are in Christ. So Jesus is saying, Yes, I've done great things, but you will do greater things because there is more of you. There's more of you. When I leave, I'm going to send my Spirit. And what's the Spirit going to do? He will teach you everything, remind you of everything I've said. And as we saw in today's passage, you will do the works of Christ. You will do the things that, the kind of things that Jesus did in the way that Jesus did them. And I think that's important you know, uh, someone's spirit, we say, you know, this child has such a joyful spirit, right? We just They have such a, a joyful spirit. They bring joy to everyone around them. We say, you know, this man seems to have kind of like a really negative vibe, you know. He's, you know, always down on people and complaining. You know, that's the spirit of a person. That's their their essence, you know, for, for better or for worse, right? Um, sometimes we're happy when someone walks in the room and sometimes we're not, you know, <laughs> depending on their spirit. I guess the point is, Not only are the disciples going to do the works of Jesus, they're going to do them in the spirit of Jesus. They have the spirit of Jesus. They are going to be moved with compassion and love when they encounter people who are in need. They are going to be cut to the heart when they look at people who are uh, around them, who are destined for, for judgment and destruction in hell, just like Jesus was. And they are going to do everything they can in their power, to let people know about the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Jesus, weeping over Jerusalem, how I long to gather you underneath my wings, but you are not willing. Jesus wept over cities and people that he knew were headed for destruction. There's nothing more tragic than a hardened heart that though, though a free gift of salvation is offered to them, we turn it away. We build up a defense against it. And Jesus grieved as he looked around at people who were being offered salvation, but were saying, no, I'm good. I'm good. We do the work of Jesus in the way that Jesus did it. We look people in the eye. We love people. We're moved with compassion for people. It's a very beautiful and human thing. Looking at all these things, I'm convinced... Faith needs to become something much more real for us as followers of Christ in this church and us as a people. We see in this passage uh, people that follow Jesus, Peter and John, doing Jesus' ministry in Jesus' way, the same way that he would have probably done it had he been there. The difference, if you might have noticed, is they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, we say, you're healed, right? So they are... are, uh, uh, representatives, ambassadors for Christ. They have the authority. It's like if, 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 uh, if one of us had committed a crime and we were put in jail and that we received a presidential pardon. You know, someone, a representative comes in and says, you know, in the name of the President of the United States, you're pardoned, right? So, so Peter and John were different in that they were, it was delegated authority, but they did the same ministry in the way that Christ did. Um, we... We must make something. We must make faith much more real uh, as followers of Jesus Christ at U Life Fellowship, because we've been given the essence, the spirit of Jesus, and we've been given the power of Jesus, and we've been given opportunities in our ge- geographical location, in our in our friend groups, in our jobs. Faith needs to become real. Faith needs to become, I am Jesus for the people in my workplace. We need, to, we need to walk into situations and say, maybe I have the words of Christ for this person. Maybe I have the words of Christ for this person. We need to, to love people in the way that Jesus loved them. I think that that is what this passage is telling me. Many of us look at our, uh, ourselves and we give ourselves an F on our, on our report card. We say, you know, we're not, we're not good enough. We can't possibly be used of Jesus. But I think that someone who, in their own opinion, has an F has a lot more hope than someone that has given themselves an A or a B. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good on my own. Or even an E for effort. That's probably the worst grade that you could give yourself. If you have, even if you look at your spiritual report card and give yourself an F, by God's grace, God wants to use you as a representative of of him by his spirit, by his essence, to do the works of Jesus Christ in the way that Jesus does them. And I think that I think that if you view yourself properly, if you if you look at yourself and say, you know what? Yes, I have an F. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I have all kinds of issues. If you have that viewpoint, then you are probably in a better place than many other people because the people that know their need are the people that received from God. We all really need God, but not all of us are cognizant of it. And I think that when you know your need, when you are forgiven much, you love much. When you are forgiven little, you love little. That's what Jesus said. Listen to the exclamations in this passage today. Um, Look at us. These were people, Peter and John, who were hearing From the Holy Spirit in that moment. They were hearing from the Holy Spirit. They heard from God in their discernment, I'm going to do something special for this man. Somehow they knew, I'm going to do something. Look at us. In our our book, River Dwellers, that's called knowing something in your knower. That's what the book says, which I think is a really funny way to say uh, discernment. Uh, But they knew The Holy Spirit told them something that they did not know. He revealed it to them. And they knew, they just knew, that God had something for this man. And this is one of the marks of people that follow Jesus Christ uh, to do the works of Jesus and the way that Jesus did them. People that are filled with the Spirit, um, they have prophecy. They they hear from God in, in, in key moments. And they have a message from God many times in certain key moments. Um, they have power from God, not their own power, but delegated power from God to, to lay hands on people, to heal people, to work with people, to do the kind of things that Jesus did. And they have a bold witness for Jesus. These are the marks of a spirit-filled person. And I, and I really believe that for us, we look at the book of Acts, we look at a story like this, we say, that was Peter and John, they were special and we kind of ziplock all the things that Jesus wants to do in his body. We ziplock them into this bag that we call the first century church. And we say, these are not the things that God is doing anymore, and certainly not through me. I'm the, I have an F on my spiritual report card. I'm not nearly spiritual enough to be that kind of person. But that is such a tragedy, because Jesus Christ he ascended into heaven to send his spirit so that we could continue his ministry we 're not just waiting for Jesus to come back with, you know, and, and doing nothing we 're here for a reason. Jesus has us on this earth to to be a bold witness for him to share the words of God with people and that might even that might include i 'm not talking about just you know I know that this is going to happen, so you know you 're healed, but what if it's I really feel like God's calling me to reach out to this person and share the truth with them. That's God working by his spirit in your heart. A Bible verse comes to mind, and you think, I really think I'm supposed to share this with this person. You call them. You reach out to them. The Sharing words of prophecy comes in many forms. Sometimes it's knowing something that you have no way of knowing in your spirit, and you humbly and you test it. You think, you know, is this, some, is this from God? And then you go forward with it. And sometimes it's as simple as sharing an encouragement from Scripture or reaching out to someone who comes to mind. I said to Jackie the other day, I was having this uncanny experience where people would come to mind and I would, just, I would think about them and then continue on my way. And then about one or two days later, I get a phone call that something had happened with that person. It was just happening and happening and happening. And I said, you know, I have been... God has been speaking to me, and I haven't, been, I haven't been receiving it as such. I've been just kind of glossing over it. And uh, I said, I really need to pay attention. When someone comes to mind, I need to get on that. I need to pray and ask God why they've been brought to mind. I need to possibly reach out to them and see if God has something for them, something that God wants to give them or impart to them. Uh, that's something that I need to do. And we, we're not, we as Christians, we are not just waiting around for Jesus to come back and to culminate his kingdom. And he is going to come back. He's our coming king. We are not, But we are not to sit idly by and say, ministry is for the professionals. Ministry is for this and that person. We, as people that are filled with Jesus' spirit, all of us have the spirit, uh, according to Ephesians. We are to do the ministry of Jesus, the kind of things Jesus did, and we are to do them in the spirit of Jesus, in the way that Jesus did them. And that is a mission that God's given for the entire church. So this morning, um, I just want to say these three things. Jesus is still speaking today prophetically like he did to Peter and John. He's sharing things that we cannot know with us so that we can minister to other people. So pay attention. Ask God to speak to you. Um, Ask God to give you wisdom and insight into a situation. Ask God who needs to hear a word from him. And then trust Him to, to, and seek Him and trust Him to give that to you. Jesus is still healing today powerfully. Jesus is still a healer. That's part of our, our doctrine that's normally on the banner we hang. But Jesus is not only our Savior, our sanctifier, and our coming King. Jesus is a healer. Jesus still heals people uh, in the church. Who here has been miraculously healed by God? We got, okay, we got one, two, three, four, five. So we have like seven or eight people here that have can attest that God has touched them and and healed them. And the reason is because in the atonement of Jesus Christ is the power for healing. Now, I don't understand why sometimes we pray and someone isn't healed. I can't explain to you uh, why one thing happens and one thing doesn't, but I can tell you, God does heal. One of my favorite mentors, he said, you know, you know how you see more healings in your ministry? Pray for more people who are sick because you'll have a higher percentage of healings if you if you pr- I mean that's very practical advice but we we don't even believe that he's a healer at all or we've been so disappointed with him because he hasn't done something that we've wanted him to do in the past that we ha- and that's a real pain that we have a disappointment that we have and we we can't bring ourselves to pray too faith filled because it hurts a little bit it hurts when uh when we seek God for something and it doesn't in the way that we thought it was going to come. And so we give up on faith altogether. We're still Christians. We're still going to church, but we don't don't really believe. We don't really have faith. But Jesus is still a healer. He's healing today powerfully. People in this church could attest to it. People in this church that I know very personally, born with illnesses that, degenerative illnesses, who with verified medical tests, healed as children and now flourishing with kids and grandkids of their own. God still heals. Who might God heal if we committed ourselves to being a people that does the kind of things Jesus did with the compassion that's found in Jesus Christ? Who might might God heal? And Jesus is still calling out to people today boldly. Just like with this man who Peter and John encountered. God is still calling out to them boldly. And we will see next week Uh, that after this miracle happens, John and Peter address the crowd, and they boldly proclaim by whose power and authority and strength this man was healed. And many people came to Christ that day. This is still a pattern for ministry today. Jesus is still speaking to us prophetically. Jesus is still healing today powerfully. And Jesus is still testifying to the truth of who he is uh, to people in our lives. I know we talk about these kinds of things a lot, especially these days. The reason is because until we get it, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Until we really invest in this and and believe that God wants to uh, do these things through us, it's just not going to happen. And fundamentally, the the principle of of faith is that God goes where he's wanted. When people want to minister for God, when people uh, seek after him, even though they have nothing, if they seek him with all their heart, if they knock persistently and they ask and seek and knock for God, um, they, they will find what they're looking for. But a lot of people don't really want it. A lot of people do not want to be that involved in their Christian faith. They want to more experience going to church and different social functions. But perhaps they don't think about their lives in terms of how is God calling me to be Jesus situation to do the kinds of things Jesus did in the way that Jesus did them. How, how might God want to heal someone through me? How Might God have a word for me by his spirit for these people? Might God want to reveal something to me in my discernment that I know something so I can pray for someone, so I can encourage them, so I can build them up according to their needs? So one of the groups of people I'm going to ask to come forward this morning is if you really want to be that kind of person that does the ministry of jesus christ in the way that jesus does it you know i want you to come forward and we're going to pray for you i'm going to have the pastoral elders coming forward and we're going to pray for you and this is this is a time that we wait and we listen for god's word to us but we do know from jesus that if we ask for something from god he's a good father even a bad father if their kid begs them enough for food will give them food He's not going to give them a rock or a snake, as the Bible says. So even earthly parents who are not really up to par will do things for their children if they're asked. But God is a good father. He loves his kids. He loves it when we seek him and ask him for things. So what I'm saying is, if you ask and seek and knock and ask God to give me a fresh vision for my faith, I want to be this kind of person who who continues the ministry of Jesus Christ in the way that Jesus does it. Come forward. If you have a physical issue that needs prayer, healing prayer, come forward and we'll pray for you because we will have a higher percentage of people healed by God with the more people we pray for. So if you have something you'd like prayer for, we have oil and we will anoint you and pray for you. And uh, the third group of people that can come forward, if you have no relationship with Jesus at all, you've never heard... This stuff, and you don't know about the rescuing that Jesus is doing in the world that's taking place. You know, all of us are together, uh, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us deserve to be judged for our sin. The Bible talks about that. But God set in motion, through the hope of Christmas, through Jesus Christ, a rescue operation so that anyone who calls in the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. It's as simple as that. The reason. That some people are saved and some are not is because people choose to either receive the gift or not to receive it. It's as simple as that. God is good. God is. God desires that none should perish and that all should come to to, to a saving relationship with Jesus to be rescued from judgment, from separation from Him. Uh, it's a free gift. Yes, you have an F, <laughs> um, and there is no E for effort that you can do to earn. God's salvation. It's a free gift. And God offers it. And God loves people. God loves people. God loves you. God weeps over people who are unwilling to receive his free gift. Just like Jesus wept over Jerusalem. God grieves over that because it's such a tragedy. Imagine, you know, you had the, the cure for this, uh, the, the cure for an illness was, was found, a fatal illness. And it's it's being made available to you. And it's it's free of charge. And you're dying of this disease. And if you just took that free remedy, you would be, be fine. And you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How sad is that? God offers salvation through Jesus Christ, free of charge. All who are thirsty can drink. Um, so if you'd like to... Be, to Rededicate your life to being the church, to being someone who does Jesus' ministry and Jesus' way. Come forward and be prayed for. If you have a physical issue that needs addressing, come forward and be anointed and prayed for. If you have no relationship with Jesus at all, come forward and be prayed for. This could apply to just about anybody. The exciting thing about altar calls, which is what we call these things. We don't have an altar, but we're just calling people forward. The exciting thing about them is that there's something for everybody at God's table. Like, God wants to do new and greater things in your life. There's an excitement in our relationship with God. We never know how he's going to direct our life and change it and move in our lives. And coming forward like this, receiving prayer, it's just a way for us to continue to receive what is needed, whether that's a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, whether it's salvation, whether it's healing. Come forward during this song, and we'll pray with you. We're going to be continue praying with folks in the front here. Uh, you are, the rest of you are dismissed. Go and be the church. We're going to be the church up here. If you'd like to continue to sit and worship and pray and intercede for others who have come forward, by all means, uh, please do so. We're going to continue to pray and see what Jesus does among us. Um, Lord, I, I, I pray that you would continue to speak to us, give us words, uh, give us wisdom as we minister and pray for all the people here that, that sense a need for a deeper touch from you, Lord. I pray that you would heal some. In Jesus' name, we know that you are a healer. Jesus. And um you are so good. You're a good, good father. And we praise your name.